Make the choice to begin anywhere in your life, and the journey has started. We exist more than just to educate. We exist to also revitalize. And along the way, you can inspire others and be inspired. But now there's a new generation of scholars, and I am among them. If you really want to know who you are and what you are capable of, Howard is the choice for you. Take a moment. Listen to the stories by joining the president of Howard University, Dr. Wayne A.I. Frederick, and his guest on The Journey. Since the coronavirus pandemic began, Howard University Hospital has been at the forefront of treating and protecting black men and women right here in Washington, D.C., from the effects of COVID-19. And now with the initial rollout of vaccines, the hospital is playing a critical role in distributing vaccinations and moving our community closer to a return to normal. Hello, my name is Dr. Wayne Frederick and my guest today is Howard University Hospital CEO, Anita Jenkins. She's gonna join me for a timely conversation about the state of the pandemic and its impact on the local community. So welcome again. It's my pleasure to be here, thank you. So since we had you in May, I'm not gonna grill you too much about your background <laughs> this time. We're gonna focus more on what's going on at the hospital. So since I had you in May, what has changed about the pandemic for Howard University Hospital? So in May, we had been fighting the COVID uh, vaccine. We had expanded our, our rooms. We got better at treating COVID, paying attention to the CDC guidelines and hospital systems all over the country, working with our scientists at, our, at the university to treat COVID well. And we have COVID units and COVID trained nurses. And then we had a little bit of a lull and then prepared for the second wave. So it's been a long journey. But when we started to hear about the possibility of an FDA approved vaccine, that's when things really started getting exciting. So we've also done the uh, vaccine journey as well. Okay. One of the concerns was people coming to the hospital period. Yes. Uh, when people come to your emergency room, no COVID symptoms, let's say somebody comes with abdominal um, mm -hmm. pain and they get admitted to the hospital, are you testing everyone who gets admitted or are you testing based on no. their presentation? 100% of our patients are being tested. It is for their good and ours that we make sure that we understand the status of our patients. Sometimes it does make, um, we have to explain a little bit, but we want to make sure that they're safe and that they're treated properly. So if you're coming That's in correct. for some abdominal pain, we also would make sure that you were taking care, we're taking care of your COVID. Excellent. And once they get into the hospital, yes. I would suspect that every unit, as I've been walking through the hospital myself, uh, observing the protocols, we have medical students, you have um, custodial staff, etc. In terms of uh, vaccination, what has been the protocol at the hospital when you began distributing the vaccines and has that been changing recently? So we started and, and we are following the DC Health and the DC Hospital Association and our worldwide guidelines. So we are vaccinating according to our, um, our, our level. So our, our first phase, of course, was our front frontline workers. All of our physicians, our nurses, our doctors, our caregivers, our um, environmental service workers were given the opportunity to get that vaccine which we had to do some talking, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit, uh, about the acceptance of taking the vaccine. And so we worked very, very hard to do that. We then went into uh, phase two, I mean, that next uh, 1B, which was uh, vaccinating 65-year-olds and above. So, so actually, let, let's jump into that. Sure. You, you, you led the way by uh, taking the vaccine yourself. Let's start with you first. What was your experience like taking both doses? There have been reports you know, around the country of mild symptoms, some allergic reactions, but 
What was your own personal experience? I'd like, I thank you very much for giving me this platform because I want to mm. back up to when we first started talking about the possibility of a vaccine. Um, I, had a, uh, I had a meeting with all of my directors, a routine meeting. I was excited to hear that finally, after this long, long fight mm -hmm. to fight COVID, its disease, and the concepts that uh, black and brown people get it and die from it about three times more than others, we wanted to, I was excited about the vaccine. Mm -hmm. And as I started talking about when we will get the vaccine and how will we will do it, on the chat room on Zoom, I started getting, I'm concerned about that. I don't know. What about Tuskegee? What about experiments on us? And then I started getting a little bit of, but if you take it, I'll take it. I knew we had to start communicating the facts and figures. So every day I started sending out an email, Q&A, three to four questions. And then I offered them, if you have more questions, email me this number and I will respond to you. And so, of course, my great <laughs> scientists at Howard University and Howard University Hospital were my, were my subject matter experts. Right. But I answered those employees. Some of them were simple. I'm trying to have children. Would this affect me? I'm right. nursing. Will this affect me? And then yeah. some of them were, I heard it will change your DNA, or I yeah. heard that it's not tested. So we were able to provide facts every day facts every day. And some of those questions, I made them those next day Q&A, because if that person is wondering, so is the rest of That's my exactly team. Right. We did a, a small but statistically um, significant sample. 70% of our employees did not want to take the vaccine, wow. either not at all or were hesitant. Yeah. And so I felt it very important personally for me to do my part, uh, our director of uh, environmental services, Mr. Dunlap, um, he and I w were there that day <laughs> along with you, mm. not to get it first, but to be an example. Watch me, talk to me, call me up, email me, watch the Facebook because we also put it on Facebook. Hey, it's been four days, I'm good. Right. So that we would make people yeah. feel a little bit more comfortable. And we did have to build up some hope because medical care has often failed black and brown people. So I don't blame anyone for questions. I do want to help save lives. Right, and one of the things that I've been trying to talk about is trusted messengers. Yes. Clearly, Howard University Hospital is a trusted messenger Absolutely. in the community. What have you been seeing or hearing from the community around getting that message from a trusted messenger versus you know, a message that they may just get from the CDC that they are trying to decipher, yeah. et cetera? You're making me smile. You know, you don't know how much you're loved until you have these types of crises. Um, when Howard University and the Faculty Practice Plan, FPP, opened up, um, you know, along with the hospital had their clinic, when they opened up that clinic, we almost couldn't keep up with it. And as a matter of fact, we, there were times when um, all of the states, of course, and, and district weren't even getting enough vaccine. We had way more people than we had vaccine. That tells me that we were a trusted messenger and that they trusted our science and they were coming. It was beautiful to see uh, people walking up, standing in line. There were people that knew what time we closed and stood in line just in case we had a leftover vaccine. Uh, we would make more just in case we would, you know, it was, um, it has been really beautiful. And then the language that you're getting back, we were treated so well. They helped us. We, you know, we, they're explaining what's going on and then giving me my vaccine. I am so proud to be a part of this organization at this time where we are that source to protect our community. You're listening to The Journey.
My guest today is Anita Jenkins, CEO of Howard University Hospital. Now, uh, uh, just to change gears, another side of this pandemic is that people weren't coming into the hospital yes. for elective things. So, for instance, cancer screenings and some studies was down about 89%. Yes. There has been some recovery of it, but disproportionately, it appears that African-Americans would still be behind in terms of that. What, do, what, are you, what is Howard University Hospital doing yes. to try to catch up, and what do you foresee in the near future if that continues? Part of my messaging and opportunities that I have been having with clergy, with people, with communities, uh, and let's be very, very clear, um, the spectrum of mistrust is not just in the older generation. That younger generation is, is mm -hmm. hesitant as well. You cannot put off your health care. You have to understand the science, and you have to trust someone, because if not, COVID will, I mean, it, it, is, it, it is conceivable that it will consume you. Mm -hmm. And so I am telling that story in every public forum, but we are also messaging our Facebook pages or our, um, or our ability for our websites, every opportunity that we have. We are retelling the story. Now, please come back and get your care. I do fear that we will have, you know, just an uptick in chronic uh, diseases and their effects, you know, that diabetes will have progressed, progressed worse, that sickle cell has not been mm -hmm. treated, that hypertension, that, um, that cardiac disease, that hidden cardiac disease will be worsened because people have not come in or have ignored their symptoms. I right. am concerned. And, and when you look at something like mammograms, for instance, yes. how, how much, how, what's the decrease in the number of mammograms you think you've been performing roughly uh, when you look at year over year? We significantly uh, decreased possibly even 50%. People were putting mm. it off and, and not wanting to come in. Uh, the good news is we now have a brand new uh, mammogram uh, machine. Mm -hmm. We have a brand new DEXA machine, and I've bought a lot in my career. We have state-of-the-art mammo and DEXA at our organization, and I, two weeks ago, wanted to make sure that my hospital, my team, my staff, knew that I visit Howard University Hospital for my care. So I got my care there, and I went with a discerning eye. Did the technician know what she was talking about? How yep. was my care? What was the environment? And I'm working on all of that. But if we do not, we will have advanced breast cancers mm. that, um, that will really be devastating for people if we don't come in just for that simple screening. So someone listening to this, uh, they've missed their annual mammogram all year last year. Sure. They have a history of a breast cancer. They're nervous. They're just as nervous uh, about getting COVID. If they come in, the person who's working with them from the front desk Absolutely. all the way to the person who's doing the mammogram, the radiologist who may read it and come sure. over to chat to them, what can they expect in terms of safety protocols and, and what are you doing to ensure that they're I safe? I appreciate that question. From the time <clears throat> they come in, it might seem a little bit fussy, but we want to take your temperature. We want you to wash your hands. We will make sure that we know where you are going so that you are safe when you get there. Our caregivers are required, of course, to wear masks and shields in patient care areas. Are patients required to wear masks as well when they Absol come for tests? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for pointing that out. Thanks. Yes, okay. you have to wear your, your mask all the time, not just according to the hospital, but that's D.C. regulations. Right. And so our entire area, we're keeping us all safe all the time. And so they're going to see that. They're going to see people washing their hands continually. And, and so we're going to make sure that that environment is safe. 
We will, be, uh, we will be swift with your testing and treatment. We will get you home in a timely fashion so that you are not exposed. And you will know that, um, that you have gotten great care at Howard University Hospital. And what about any special cleaning protocols? Because the machine oh, is the same. Absolutely. I know people will probably be curious about the machine. You will be required to distance as you come into the hospital in the elevator only for it. And you will see these spots. You can only stand here, 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 and here. You will be required to distance even when you go to your doctor's office and when you go to any kinds of testing, treatments, waiting areas. When you get to those waiting areas, we constantly wipe off surfaces. So when you start talking about cleanliness, from our EVS to our nurses, we have enhanced cleaning protocols with enhanced cleaning products to make sure that you are safe. It's been a year since you've been with us. Yes. Uh, and we absolutely um, are much better for having you. What uh, it has been surprising about the job based on uh, when you were coming in and what thoughts you had and what uh, so far so. Uh, you see for the future as you go forward? So I started February 17th, 2020, and COVID was like <laughs> right on our door. Yep. It afforded me to be able to see um, who, who's, who, who, who needs help, uh, who stands up, who, how are we working? We were able to really see how our leaders and our staff members will perform under crisis. And I, I couldn't have asked for a better battlefield uh, to, be, uh, to be with the troops than through this COVID. I also saw that we, were, we, we had people who cared. It was wonderful to have conversations through Black Lives Matter. It was moving to see how people cared about those that, um, you know, the, these types of social issues that are in our lives. It was very interesting to, to see, really, what's the mission of Howard University Hospital? And how is the mission of Howard University playing out in this fair city? Um, and that's been just wonderful. I'm still on the mission, and, um, and if you have not heard it, that means you haven't been around me much. I say it all the time. For Howard University Hospital to be the top performing hospital in Washington, D.C. So we are working on our service. I had an outdoor meeting with the EMS coordinator um, outside of the hospital. How can I serve you better? How, what's going to make you bring uh, patients here more often? What can I do differently? Is, is, the, is, the, you know, is the entrance to the ER, is that working for you? We are working on our quality outcomes. We are working to make sure that every patient that comes to our hospital is not just treated with respect, is not just treated with kindness, but gets world-class quality care, the right drugs, the right patients, the right treatment, all the time. That's why I'm here, and it is a joy to work with the team and with our leaders to make that happen. Excellent. Well, thanks for being here. My guest today was Anita Jenkins, CEO of Howard University Hospital. I'm Dr. Wayne Frederick. Please join me next time on The Journey.